What's up, family? Can I have all of y'all stand up? We want to say hello to everybody watching online, all our campuses. Let's give all them out there a big hand. God bless y'all. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Amen. Y'all ready for today? Okay, if you want God, if you come to church so God can challenge you, raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. Thank you. If you come to God, if you come to church just to hear what you already know and you don't want any change, raise your hand. Good. Let's get on our knees. We will see. We will see. Ah, everyone say, challenge me, God. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I pray you bless us. I pray you, uh, I pray that you nudge us out of our comfort zone. Nudge us out of our comfort zone. Call us to voluntarily step out of our comfort zone today. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Give someone a high five next to you. Give someone a high five. House. Turn to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. Um, over the last three weeks, this will be the third week, we've been talking about the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and I've been comparing the Trinity to three owners of a construction company that builds houses. And these three owners have three different functions. One is the architect not only of houses, but developments. He's a big picture guy. And then another of the three is a business guy who actually signs the contracts. And then the third person of the trio is the contractor who makes sure, makes sure the work gets done. So you got the visionary, big picture, you got the guy who signs the contract, and then you have the person from the company that actually goes out and does the work. Um, in the Trinity, you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The word Trinity is not in the Bible, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all throughout the Bible. And the Father is, has the master plan of salvation, the master plan of everything that's going on. Jesus comes down and purchases our salvation with his blood when he died on the cross. And then he goes to heaven, ascends to heaven, and then he sends the Holy Spirit, the Espiritu Santo, into living our heart to change our life. But often, because our hearts are like a house, we have multiple rooms. And we have parts of our hearts that are dedicated to our image. We have parts of our heart that are dedicated to our sexuality. And not only how we identify, but how we behave, how far we think we can go. We have parts of our hearts that are dedicated to our work, our career, our education. We have parts of our heart that are dedicated to our health how we eat, exercise, etc., or what you put in your body, drugs, blah, blah, blah. You have parts of your heart that are dedicated to your community, your social life, and then parts of your heart that are dedicated to your secrets. And there's so many different aspects to your heart that you learn as you grow older. When you, when, if you ever lose a parent, there's a part of your heart that will grieve like it differently than it will grieve if you lose a friend. And so our hearts are pretty complicated, but when we get saved, often we ask Christ into our life and we take the Holy Spirit and our salvation and our concept of our relationship with God and we put him in one room. In other words, we isolate God to one part of our life, Sunday morning, twice a month. Other than that, you're going doing your own thing or you ain't taking him to the club, you ain't taking him to you when you're watching uh, the internet at three o'clock in the morning when no one's watching or watching on your phone or stuff you shouldn't be listening to. You, you, ain't, you ain't involving the Holy Spirit in, your, in your, um, uh, your music that you listen to, conversations you're having, gossip, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You got, you got the Holy Spirit in a corner and there is the rest of your life 
is full of darkness. You have the spirit in this little piece of your life. And you may even go to church, but the rest of your life is plagued with addiction and depression and loneliness and betrayal, fear, uh, and all this dark stuff that God, you thought, was going to get rid of. But because you've confined the Spirit of God to a little room, a little corner, one part of your life, he, 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 you haven't given him access. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power, and the power, by def definition, moves obstacles out of your life and brings light back into your life. And so what we want to do is talk about today is giving the Holy Spirit access to all of your life. We talked about it last week, being baptized in the Holy Spirit means to be immersed in his power. So look what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, you shall receive power, the ability to move obstacles. That's what power is, the ability to move stuff. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That doesn't mean literally Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth for us. It did mean it for them. That's where they live. But all Jesus was saying is that you're going to be a witness to me everywhere. And you can't be a credible witness to me without power. You can't do it in your own strength. If you could do it in your own strength, Jesus would not have had to die, and he would not have had to send the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's power. Say power. Power is the ability to move obstacles. So what we're going to talk about is having a victorious life, having a fruitful life, and having a supernatural life. We're going to spend most of our time on the supernatural part, and we're going to spend most of that on the gift of tongues and the expression of tongues. If you were here last week, you know I was going to talk about that. Number one, victorious life. The Holy Spirit's power moves obstacles off you. Everyone say, get off me. Devil, get off me, say it. The devil ain't going to get off you by you asking. He'd be like, who are you? Why should I listen to you? In Jesus' name. Oh, that's a different story. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost in your life, you are just playing religion, you are going to lose. You're going to be defeated. Your whole house is going to be dark. Look what it says in John chapter 8. Verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And they answered Jesus, says, and these are Jews, we are Abraham's descendants. We go to the rock church. We have never been in bondage to anything. I got a Bible. I got a Bible study. So what? I got baptized. So what? I went to catechism. So what? It don't mean nothing. Look what it says. It says, how can you say you will be made free? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. How many of y'all got stuff in your life you, you wish you can get off your life? You're in abundance of stuff. Amen? Come on. Come on now. Get that out of me. When I got saved, the first time I accepted Christ, I was 19 years old and I did not have any discipleship. I went five years of smoking weed, doing cocaine, chasing skirts, all this stuff. And five years later, after I was done with, it was, I, had, I, had, I had done cocaine all night. And I was doing cocaine all night, studying. I was in an anatomy class at San Diego State, just taking it for fun, doing cocaine. Thought I was like doing something. And, and I, I'm like putting this white powder in my nose, looking in the mirror going, this stuff is no good for you. But I kept doing it because I was in bondage. 
And April 12, 1984, I said, God, I'm done. And I stopped doing cocaine that day, stopped smoking weed that day. The same day, bondage. How many of y'all by a show of hands said, man, I wish I can get free from something like that? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Raise it up high. Let's pray. Keep your hand up. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name that you would set people free. If your hands are raised, say this with me. Say, dear God, I submit to you. Listen, when you say it, let's declare it like it means something. Say, dear God, I believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. Satan, be gone out of my life. I receive the freedom that is in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, church. Some of y'all are like, is it that simple? For some of you, it will be. And for some of you, you got to do it again. For some of you, you got to pursue God. For some of you, you need to go to rehab. For some of you, you need to call for help. But you need to start with understanding where the power is going to come from. And no two experiences are the same. So if yours didn't happen like mine, don't mean God's not legit. It just means me and God got a thing going that you got and God got a thing going. And so the one thing is that God wants to set you free. When you have power in your life, the power you have accessible. Sometimes people don't get set free because they really don't believe what they're saying. And so God's like, I can't trust you with this healing because you don't believe it. And if I give it to you now, you're going to think you did it and you're going to go right back to doing it again. So you got to keep pursuing God. Number two, fruitful life. The Holy Spirit's power moves obstacles in you. He moves pride out of your heart so you can bear fruit. I have four or five fruit trees in my yard. And I got a bunch of of rose bushes in my yard, rose bushes and trees. And the fruit trees, I'm not really into the fruit trees necessarily. And I don't, when it's winter or when there's no fruit coming, I forget which tree has which fruit. The only one I really know is avocados because I just happen to know which one that is. But I got an apple tree. I ain't never seen no apples. I got an orange tree, a tangerine. And, and when, when all the fruit's gone, I forget which tree is the apple, which tree is the tangerine, which tree is the orange. And I don't even know if I have oranges. They just look orange. It could be, I don't know what it is. And, but the only way I can be sure is when the fruit comes out. You can say you're a Christian all day long, but if there's no fruit in your life, ah. Uh, you can talk in tongues all you want, but if you ain't got no love in your life, eh. You can know the Bible all you want, but if you don't got no love in your life, eh, look what the Bible says. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That is the evidence of the Spirit growing in your life. The most important thing is your fruit, not your power. Your power is not shazam, I can do this, shazam, I can do that. God's power the most important thing that God's power can produce in your life is the love of God, the patience of God, the joy of God. I don't know if y'all saw Oklahoma, Oklahoma softball girl, girl softball team. Come on now. They were giving testimony after a game, and, and they said, how do y'all sustain the joy after winning all these games, blah, blah, And they said, oh, all three of them, softball doesn't give us the joy. Jesus Christ gives us our joy. They won like 100 straight games. Can you say that? Because if your money gives you joy, that's what you'll chase. If sex gives you joy, that's what you'll chase. And, and for all y'all who are having sex, 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 trying to fill, a, fill that emptiness in your heart and it ain't getting filled, it ain't never going to get filled. 
and disease laid a baby, baby mama, baby daddy later, and you figure out, you still haven't figured it out because you're still trying to find happiness and joy in sex or drugs or whatever it is, it has to come from the fruit of the spirit in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, supernatural life. The Holy Spirit's power moves obstacles through you. God does amazing things through you. Look what the Bible says. It says, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> See, that's a different language. Ignorant. That boy, ignorant. Spiritual, spiritual gifts comes from the word charisma, which means a special grace, a supernatural grace is on your life. Look at the person next to you and say, God made me to be supernatural. God has not created you to be natural. God has not created you just to work in the flesh, in the physical, in the emotional. He, he created you to operate in the spiritual. And when, what sin did is sin pushed God out, pushed the spiritual power out. And so we, we try to do it in our own flesh. And God said, no, no, let me come into your life and bring power into your life so you can do supernatural things. And I can open up doors supernaturally in your life. When you pray, God, I, I was just at a meeting in, in, in the green room after the last service, a young lady who was in my youth group 35 years ago. She's 52 now, so I don't know how many years, whatever it, is, whatever it was. She, it was back in the 80s before a lot of y'all were born. How many of y'all were not born in the 80s? Okay, okay, so she was back in the 80s. I did not know this, but the week before I met her, she was 15 at the time, she tried to kill herself. She took pills. And she was sick for three days. She wrote a letter to God on the third day. God, I need, I need you. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm and then the next day, her friend, who I had just met, who was 14 on crystal meth, was my next door neighbor. I brought her over to my house. I said, hey, come on to my house. I want to, and you and your brother. And they got saved. She invited this girl to the Bible study. A week later, she got saved in my house. Now, why is that significant? It's because she cried out to God and supernaturally, woo. God, she shows up at my house and, and her friend's gotten saved and, and now here she is saved and ends up, she dates a guy from the Bible study. They break up. Years later, she's praying, God, I need a godly man. Can you give me a godly man like my boyfriend in high school? That day on some dating app comes her boyfriend from high school and they are married today. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You can't make this stuff up. Look what it says in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one to profit all. If God gives me a gift, it's for the benefit of all of you. If God gives you a gift, it's a benefit for everybody that God brings into your life. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues, which we're going to talk about. Say different kinds of tongues. One gift, different manifestations. Different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. To one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he individually wills, as God wills. Here's what's critical. When you ask Christ to come into your life and the Holy Spirit lives in you, the Holy Spirit comes, he brings all the junk in the trunk he got. 
He has every gift possible when he comes into your life. You may express one gift and another may express another gift, but don't ever declare that you don't have a gift because you've got the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit may not be operating in that in your life yet, and he may never yet, but you don't know that because he's going to distribute the gift to you according to the manifestation will of God, the, the eternal plan of God. Remember, God the Father is the master planner. The Holy Spirit does his bidding. And so you, you may say, listen, it was decades before I ever prayed for anybody to get healed. I would pray for people to get saved, but it was like, pray for healing. I don't know how I ain't going to do that. I don't have to get the healing. I told myself so many years, I don't have to get the healing. God said, shut your mouth. Who told you that? Why can't you ask? I can do it. I'm the same spirit that operates in him. And so I started praying for people to get healing. Boom, boom, healed. Boom, boom, boom. People got healed all the time. And then I got a specialty on legs. I was standing right here and there was someone sitting right over here with a leg thing. I didn't know it, but God said, pray for legs. I said, okay, someone got a leg issue. And all of a sudden, I'm, even when I mention right now, as I'm mentioning praying for people's legs, people with leg problems get healed. I'm telling you, and how do I explain that? I can't, I can't explain it, man. It's supernatural. There's no explanation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you, you have to accept, okay, God, I want to step into the supernatural. How many of y'all want to step into the supernatural? Because if you don't, you came to the wrong place. This is, this is the place. If you want to do the natural, go to the Padre game. Go to the movies. Go to school. But if you want supernatural, now some people might say, well, the gifts aren't for now. What does that mean? What do you mean the gifts aren't for now? The, the, the gifts are how the Holy Spirit expresses power. If the, gift, if the Holy Spirit is not expressing power, how are you going to overcome the works of the devil in your life? Of course they are. Of course. You know what the, the, the most important gift, the most number one, no matter uno, gift in the world is salvation. It's a gift. The Bible says you're not saved by grace, but by, it's a gift. It's a gift. So if someone tells you this stuff doesn't apply today, listen, turn and go the other way and say, okay, someone, I want what the Holy Spirit wants for me. Because if the Holy Spirit is supernatural, which he is, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, which he does, and if the Holy Spirit wants to work through me powerfully, how else is he going to do it? It's through your gifts. So what are tongues? Tongues, an overflow of the Spirit of God. You are three persons, three, uh, three, um, Part person. You are body, physical, soul, invisible, and non-physical, and spirit. You are physical, body, soul, which is who you are. If, if you look in the mirror and say, my name is Jimmy, Jimmy is not this. Jimmy is invisible and non-physical. By the way, if you're an atheist, just process this for a minute. Evolution says you evolved, but it doesn't explain the soul. Soul is non-physical and invisible, and that's who you are. You are not this. If I lose my legs, my arms are still miles. Who miles is, is invisible and non-physical, and it expresses itself through the physical, and it also can connect with the spirit. So the soul's in the middle. You got the physical and the spiritual. The soul can express over here with the body and connect with the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God comes in your life and consumes the soul, it speaks through the tongue. Oh, this is, oh, this is, this is so deep. I'm telling you. It's like the ocean right now. I'm telling you. 
Look, look, look what the Bible says. John 7, 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It's when God speaks through your tongue. Supernatural. I don't know, that's freaky. It sure is. Oh, for sure. This, I struggled with this for decades. But God wants to speak through you. By the way, <laughs> tongues is when, it's probably the one time you can do something perfectly. Because you ain't doing it. It ain't you. Look what it says. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says in verse 27, likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We can't even say the right words. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How many of you ever had a time where you just didn't know what to pray for? Anybody? You just didn't know how to pray. Now, by the way, there is stuff that you don't know, you don't know, you don't know you should pray for. But a lot of times we don't know what we should pray for with stuff that we know about. In other words, you got a friend that ain't, you ain't jiving. Oh, I don't know what's going on. We, we ain't getting along. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you, don't, you don't know about something you know about. But the, the Spirit prays through you about stuff you don't even know, you don't even know that you don't even know it. He prays about stuff that's going to happen a year from now. He prays about releasing gifts in your life that you don't even know you have, giving you opportunities you don't know you will ever have, about separating you from relationships that you think are lifelong, but that person's getting ready to um, uh, betray you and God builds you up preparing you for that. Stuff that is way out there. It is a perfect prayer. It is God, it is the spirit of God, which is God, declaring through our voice things that are directly related to the will of God in heaven because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. It's the one time you could do something perfect. Now, let me say this. When people think, well, if I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna speak in tongues, not necessarily. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit because you ask God for the spirit, you have it. That baptism of the Holy Spirit can express itself through boldness, can express himself through love, can express himself through courage, can express himself through wisdom. Ba speaking in tongues is one of those expressions. And if you haven't done that, you're not an outsider. I didn't speak in tongues for decades. And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why, which we're going we're to practice here in a minute. But one of the reasons why is we get in our head. So there's three kinds of tongues. Now, you may have heard, well, if someone speaks in tongues, they gotta be, there's got to be an interpretation and all stuff. Well, we're going to look at three kinds of tongues because that is not true at all. Number one is proof tongues. Everyone say proof tongues. Number two is prophetic tongues. Say prophetic tongues. And number three is private tongues. Say private tongues. Or you might have heard a prayer language. Number one, proof tongues. A proof tongue is when you are preaching or someone's preaching or declaring the glory of God and all of a sudden you start to speak in a language you don't know. So a human can understand it. Matter of fact, a proof tongue is, it benefits the unbeliever and it is a human dialect and there's no interpretation needed because the person understands. Sometimes you hear me up here speaking Spanish. Uh, the reason I speak Spanish is because when I was a kid, my father told me that I was a kid in Puerto Rico. Okay? 
Now, all the online, I don't know what that means, but you're not, but some do. All the people who knew understand what I said, say amen. 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 So when I speak in Spanish, it's not necessarily for you English speakers. I'm just trying to connect with my Latinos. <laughs> hey. Now, some of you may be like, why you gotta do that? It's America. <laughs> That's your issue. Because we got an international church. Or if I said, or if I said, Jesus uh, quiere stonse be wote, I'ma say ganelo, lesetn, fica en lesetn meheret. Now, you may not, you know what I'm saying? Okay, it's Hamaric, Hamaric from Ethiopia. That's Hamaric, right? Well, it was kind of Hamaric, I jacked it up, but. <laughs> but if I said that, people from Ethiopia would go, I'm home. You, you speak Amharic? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I, 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 but I know like words in like 10 languages, right? And one word does this. Matter of fact, I went back after first service and I looked at my phone and one of my Ethiopian friends said, wow, you spoke my language. I'm sending this to my mother. At Pentecost, they were preaching and they started speaking in different languages because there were people from all around the world in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And God wanted them to hear the word of God in their language. Because if he didn't do that, they wouldn't understand. This is proof tongue. It's not the tongue you hear when you hear people praying in, in, in the spirit. It's not that. It's someone declaring the, 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 the glories of God in another language so people can get it. This has, and if you don't understand it, you're not supposed to. It's not for you. There's no interpretation needed for you because when I speak Spanish, even though I interpret it because we're here, it, 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 God was declaring to, look what it says, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to, uh, to them tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, if the, if the Spirit gives me utterance to speak in French, and the Spirit gives this guy utterance to speak in Italian, and the Spirit gives this guy utterance to speak in Swahili, that's the Spirit's business. And by the way, if the Spirit does it only for that 10, 15, 20 minutes, that is the Spirit's business. That is the supernaturalness of our relationship with God. Wherever you go, you must be like the wind in John chapter 3. If you're like the wind, you don't know where the wind comes from and you don't know where it goes. But that's how you got to be if you're born of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm walking. Oh, go say hi to that person. Go pray for that. Okay, hey, can I pray for you? Boom, never going to see you again. I'm going to go over here. That's how it works. But if you're like, I'm going to work and this is what I do and this is what all based on what I know, you're going to miss what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. So the first one, the first one is proof tongues. Everyone say proof tongues. No interpretation needed because I'm talking, if I'm talking in Spanish to my Spanish people, I don't need you to know. If I say, I'm talking to my Tagalog, come on now, come on now. Hey, 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 you don't need to know what that means, okay? We just driving right here. If I say, anybody know That's Swahili, come on now. That's none of your business. We just, we just connected here. I don't have time to put, put it all together. But that, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so y'all got that. Proof tongue. No interpretation. Human dialect benefits the unbeliever. Next one is prophetic tongue. Benefits the church, requires interpretation. 
1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three, two or at most three in turn and let one interpret. Different situation. I was at a conference last year, at a pastor's conference in South Carolina and 2,500 pastors and leaders in the room and the, the, the pastor was speaking and he said, let, right as he finished, he said, let's pray that the Holy Spirit fill the room and let's pray to God that the Holy Spirit move. That's all. He said something like that. And everyone was praying, you know, it, just, it was quiet, the music was playing and someone stood up way over there. And everyone was like, oh, snap. It was silent. And he spoke for like a minute. And then everyone was like, what's going to happen? And then someone way over there stood up and said, thus saith the Lord. And he started interpreting what that brother had said. And everyone was like, oh, snap. It's going down. It's going down. That's that. God said, I'm, let me play God for a minute. It's just playing God. It's just, a, it's just a metaphor, okay? Hey, Jimmy, you need to say this to the church, but say it in my language. Hey, Julio, you need to interpret what he just said. Here's what it means. As a matter of fact, when he's saying it, I'm going to tell you what he's saying. So when he's done, you say it to them. Why? Because God wants you to know I'm here. And this is just what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So, and, and it was... Whoa, whoa. I mean, we, this was like a year ago. Travis was with me, and this was a year ago. We, we, people still talking about that. Bam, bam. That's a different prophetic. God is speaking a prophetic word. The third kind is what we're getting ready to practice. How many of y'all want to practice? How many of y'all want something? Y'all, some of you. Okay, let's try this one more time. Elbow above the, how many of y'all want some of this? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to see. This is private tongue. This is between me and God. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't none of your business. I'm talking to God. And by the way, I don't understand what the heck I'm saying either. Only God knows. So that's, so just, you understand this? What I say in my prayer language is not meant for you. So there's no interpretation needed because it's not for you. It's just me and God. So in a, in a, in a pro, private tongue, it benefits self. There's no interpretation needed. It speaks to God and only God understands. So don't trip. You, you need to have an interpretation. This is private. No, I don't. It's private. And I'm not saying it so any of y'all hear it. I mean, if you hear it, fine, but I'm not declaring it to you. I'm just praying out loud. Look what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. And nobody understands. He utters mysteries in the spirit. How many of y'all love to utter mysteries in the spirit? Now you're like, why would I understand a mystery? I don't even know what I'm saying. So? Just because you don't understand don't mean God can do what he's doing? So let me ask you this way. If God told you and showed you in advance the windy road of your life, you're going to quit your job tomorrow and you're not going to have another one. That makes no sense. You, you, we don't understand the things of God a lot of times when they're happening. But look what it says. It says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for the upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself. 
myself up. Say, I want to build myself up. This is for you. Lord, I want to build myself up. I, I, I got the Holy Spirit in this little corner of my house and the rest of it's dark. I want the Holy Spirit to flood my house. And it says, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. As I'm declaring the word of God, I'm building you up. But if I ever go over here and speak in tongues, this is about me. Now, if you hear it, hey, it ain't hurting you. You know, mind your business. I'm over here trying to get away. <laughs> but, but if it's not like, oh, I'm missing out, it's not for you. Now, if I say, say that about us, and I, and I start speaking about us, I got to interpret that. And I've never, that's, not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm speaking to, my, to, to God, okay? So... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit move the obstacles of us having this gift. Now, if you don't get the gift, you ain't an outsider. There's nothing wrong with you. It may come later when you're driving home or when you're, you know, in the shower or whatever. Don't, don't worry about us. But we're just going to do something now. We're going to do that. Raise your hand if you just want to do that. Okay, let's try it one more time. Real, real high. Raise your hand if you want to do that. Okay, come on. Do, do, do that. Do that. Say do that. Say do that. Say do that. Do that. Do that. Say, do that, do that, do that. You're speaking in tongues. Look at that. Shout out, shout out, say, do that, do You didn't even know it. Let me give you some obstacles, then we're going to pray. Obstacle number one, overthinking. This is probably the biggest obstacle. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 2.11. The person without the spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the spirit, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. I don't understand. I'm going to say, boo, la, la, la. What does that mean? I don't understand. I don't know what I'm saying. And how is it benefiting me? I just, I, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> and you're the same person that hears your prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray myself. <laughs> and God's like this. <laughs> Stop analyzing. You are not going to if you need all the information that makes you comfortable, you are not going to be able to please God. To the degree that you could if you walk by faith. The Bible says it takes faith to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the information not known. So when God calls you to do stuff, he is not on purpose going to give you all the information. For a lot of reasons I'm not getting into, but one of them is you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. So he says, you got to trust me. Number two, pride. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I don't need to pray in tongues. I don't know. My prayer is good enough. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to look like no fool out here going, blah, 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 blah. I ain't, what if nothing happens? And they're going to look at me like I'm dumb and I'm making a fool of myself. I forget that mess. I'm just going to sit here and wait for him to say amen so I can go home. Fear. What if I open myself up to demons? If I say, Holy Spirit, use my tongue, what if a demon comes out? Well, if a demon comes out, that's good because he was in you to begin with. <laughs> Luke chapter 11, verse 11, it says, if a son asked for bread, would he give him a, would his father, would he give him a stone? No. If he asked for a fish, would he give him a serpent? No. If he asked for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? No. If, if a son asked his dad for something good, would his dad give him something bad? No. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to ask you? It's 
like, come on, stop, stop believing that nonsense. Okay, here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth thing. Obstacle. Inaction. Inaction. Not doing anything. Some of y'all are like, okay, God, give me tongues. That's like me as an evangelist. I want to get a lot of people saved. No one's getting saved. I got to say something. You're sitting there, you got to move it. So we're going to practice. So here's the thing. My, um, well, we'll get to that. So everyone sit up straight. Let's go, all the campuses. I know we're running late. We got to do this. We're going to do this in three stages. Everyone close your eyes and, and, and put your hands on your, Oh, I'm sorry, did I say sit up? Just sit up. Yeah, now stand up, sit up, sit up. Sit up, sit up. Put your booties back in your seat, sit up straight. We're we'll gonna get this. Put your hands on your, on your thighs with your hands up. That means you're in a receiving mode. Now, a lot of you raise your hand in the beginning saying, I want, I want God to do something in my life. I'm ready for supernatural. I want tongues. Okay, so here's your chance to prove it. For 30 seconds, I want you to say out loud what you did yesterday. And what does that guy do anything? Don't worry about it. Just trust me. What you did yesterday, anything, it doesn't matter. I want you to say for 30 seconds, eyes closed, head bowed, what you did yesterday. Go ahead. Out loud. Say it, say it. Say it out loud. Say it in your language. Say it loud. Certainly you can't be done already. Keep talking. Amen. Why do we do that? A couple reasons. I want to get you to practice to speak. A lot of y'all are used to listening. You have to speak. If you don't speak, you will never speak in tongues. And number two, I want you to also notice that when people around you are speaking something that you don't know what they're talking about, it doesn't kill you. So if you hear someone speaking in tongues, you're like, oh, I need an interpretation. No, you don't. Just mind your business. Just like you just did. And when you go to the mall, when you go to the restaurant, you go to the Padre game, everyone's talking. We, we deal with that all the time. So if you can be around people speaking a human language, why can't you be around people speaking a heavenly language? Okay, now, close your eyes, bow your head. Let's do this one a little better, okay? Let's do this one a little better. I want you for 30 seconds to tell me everything you appreciate about God. You can start by saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just say it. Tell God how good he is. I can't hear you. Oh, Lord, I wish one day we would scream how much we appreciate you because you are so good to us. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your patience, your love, your amazing power, your amazing coordination of all the things in our life. I praise you uh, for your holy character, for your wisdom, for your grace, your mercy in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If there's one thing you need to be good at, it's declaring the goodness of God. If there's one thing you need to be good at, if I ask you to, to sing some Cardi B song, you'd be like, da 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 but yet we can't declare the glory of God. Now, third one. This is, this is what we're going to practice tongues. The Holy Spirit does what he does whenever he does it. So don't put any expectation that's going to happen right now in two minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds, or two days. 
But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a step. Remember I told you, you said you wanna take a step. I have a granddaughter, she's six weeks old, seven weeks old. And this is how she talks. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing in the world. I don't sit there and go, speak up. Don't understand what you're saying. You know what I go? I go, she's talking. She's talking. So don't worry about that person, that person. Just worry about him. So here's what I want you to do. Any form of Google Gaga. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't worry about that person. Don't worry about that person. Only worry about him. Interpretation is not needed. This is your prayer language, something you do by yourself. Amen? Now, you say you want to do it. I want God to challenge me, push me out of my comfort zone. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I, I want to hear something, okay? Eyes closed, heads bowed, all the campus, put your hands up. Let's pray. Google God, God of God. Let's go. Put your hands on your, on your, on your lips, on your thighs and receive. Come on, say it, say it. Let me hear you Google God, God, God. Yes, Lord. More spirit, Holy Spirit to Santo. Lleno de los corazones. Con tu presencia poderosa.